L-O-P in the building. My life been a movie, I should have filmed it. Nicely with the pen game, pops taught me to spit game. Get your cameras ready, we heavy catch when I'm in frame. Product, opinionated, but I'm coming through smooth with it. I be kicking back, you could Google it. Bring a block to the booth, he the truth, just another lane lock. I'm a Crown Heights legend, still repping the same block. Whoa. You are now listening to the Life of Product podcast. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. You are now locked into the Life of Product podcast. This is episode 24. If you didn't check out episode 23, please, please go back, check it out. My homie, uh, Sir Chemist, did an interview with me. Very dope hip-hop artist from Brooklyn, man. That's, that's the homie right there, man. Shouts out to him. He got a project coming out called Butter Chemistry that's going to shake up tables is gonna shake your itunes gonna shake everything man shouts out to him um today's episode i kind of want to um go a little different and i want to um dedicate this episode to the late great dmx the the, the name of this episode is called life of the dog as you all know we recently lost dmx he was only 50 years old man and losing dmx felt like losing one of your favorite uncles and i know how that personally feels because i lost one of my favorite uncles last year man rest in peace of my uncle pope um losing dmx was crazy because um it, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere for a lot of us. And, and you know, rest in peace to him. God bless him, his life, his legacy, his soul. God bless his family. God bless his t- uh, children. I was reading, I believe he had about 10 kids. You know what I mean? X is getting busy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? X is getting busy. Um, God bless his kids, man. You know, I pray that, you know, the, they can get through this pain. They can get over this hump at a certain time. It's not going to be easy. This is a pain that's going to last with them for a long time. I'm pretty sure they love their father. You know, a lot of people that was close to DMX uh, love DMX. I didn't know DMX personally, and I, I love that dude. I love his music. DMX music touched, like, all of us. You know what I'm saying? If you was a DMX fan, you was a fan. You was... Every DMX fan I know was a ride-or-die DMX fan. I, I've never met, like, a wishy-washy, flippy-floppy DMX fan, and, and which is crazy because that energy that he gave off was so solid. Solid as fuck. I remember when Get At Me Dog first came out. The funny thing about Get At Me Dog... I didn't hear the original at first. When I first heard the shit, I heard the remix, like the Locks Freestyle. Now, real real hip-hop fans, real hip-hop fans know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. If you're a real hip-hop fan and you're from New York, you understand this. So back in the day, I don't know if y'all remember, but back in the day, record labels used to give like promo tapes out. They had street teams and shit. So I had a promo tape, and the promo tape had um a bunch of different Dev Jam music, and it had it was a black cassette tape, and it had DMX get at me, dog. But it had the freestyle, the remix. It it didn't have, <clears throat> excuse me, it didn't have the original studio version. So the first one that I heard was the one with the locks on it. So I <laughs> I used to think this shit was the original. So all my friends was like, "Yo, that DMX shit is hard." I was like, "Yeah, but who you think had the best verse? The best verse?" And people used to look at me like, "What you mean the best verse? The fuck you talking about? Is a DMX song?" I'm like, "Nah, the locks on it." So all my mans and I was like, yo, what fucking song did you hear? What are you talking about? It had a locks verse on it. I'm like, son, the locks is on it. So I used to show my friends the tape, and they was like, yo, what the hell did you get this shit? This shit is hard. And I was like, nah, but she was fronting on me like I didn't know what I was talking about. <clears throat> First time I actually heard the original uh, DMX Get At Me verse, I mean, DM, DMX Get At Me song, I was at a party. Um, My homegirl, Colleen, um, it was her birthday party and her mom's did it real big, real big, real, real big. Had like a, um, I think she was having like a sweet 16 or whatever. We, um, they rented a limo. 
Um, it was about six of us or eight of us in the limo. I had a date, you know what I'm saying? But it was my homegirl, Astra. Shouts out to Astra. She was my date that night. So we rode around Manhattan. We went by Chelsea, uh, Pier. The limo took us um, from, from Brooklyn to the city, back to Brooklyn. Then we went to the party. It was at this hall. I think the hall was in the 50s, somewhere like down off Utica Avenue, I believe. Um, we get to the party. We chilling. We eating. DJ starts scratching records. He played Get At Me Dog. That, get, that was the first night. I heard the fucking original Forget At Me Dog. And I was like, oh, shit. Whole party was barking. Mind you, we was like 14, 15, 16 years old. Everybody's barking. We on the, we on the floor. That was that was a turn up. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I have um, really good memories of DMX's music. The It's Dark and Hell is Hot album, when I first heard the shit, I thought it was so unique. It was, it was nothing like um, anybody ever played. Funny thing about that. I remember hearing Stop Drop, I think, right before the album came out or something like that, because I know a lot of DJs had it. And I remember the first time I actually heard Stop Drop, the first time I heard the shit, I believe it was right before the album came out. I was at a birthday party. Um, I, I forgot what project I was at. I think I was at a project in Red Hook. And um, it was my little cousin's birthday party. And no, no, I think I was in Coney Island. Ah, fuck Coney Island and Red Hook. I can't fucking remember. All I remember was I was in the projects, right? And it was chill. Everybody showing love. If you never been, if you never been to a project birthday party in Brooklyn, you missing out. You fucking missing out. That shit was lit, boy. It was lit. And the, the good thing is nobody fought. Everybody was eating, um, and, and enjoying life. That was the first time I heard uh, of Rough Riders anthem. Stop, drop. That shit was unique. And the crazy thing is everybody went crazy. When when the DJ dropped it, they had a DJ there. The DJ played that shit like four times back to back. Real story, like four times back to back. That's how hard it was. After the third time playing it, he was about to put another record on. Everybody was like, "Nah, put that shit back on, put it back on." He dropped it again, ran it back. You know what I'm saying? But um, it, DMX's music, it it kind of saved a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? Because DMX's music, he gave you him. He didn't give you no bullshit, and that's what I loved about it for him. That's, that's how you know he was a great artist. He wasn't a good artist. He was a great artist. The sad part about great artistry, it's fueled by our pain. Artists have a set of pain that nobody else is able to always understand. People might, uh, uh, let me not say nobody. Some people might not be able to understand it. But if you really listen to DMX's music, you'll you'll know, you'll see the pain. You can hear the pain in his voice from everything that he had going on. The, his driving force, man. Like, I, my, my favorite song on that first DMX album was Let Me Fly. Either Let Me Fly or Give Me Death. Let My Soul Rest and Take My Breath. If I don't fly, I'ma ride anyway. I'ma live on because I'll be gone anyway. Bear my soul. The, the lyrics that DMX gave us in that first album, that first album would forever be a classic. That shit was a classic. Funny thing about that album, I bought that shit three times. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yo, why'd you buy Dog, yo, I bought that shit three fucking times. So I, I told y'all, y'all know my story. I moved from uh Brooklyn to North Carolina. Um, I bought the I bought the album when it first came out. I had it on CD, right? This CD era. Bang, had the CD. Moved to North Carolina. I was kicking it at my sister's crib because I got a sister from North Carolina. She lives in uh Georgia now. So it was me, it was me. Her baby daddy, he had a bunch of friends come over. <clears throat> somebody got me for the fucking CD. Somebody, somebody took the CD, stole the shit. Next morning, I'm look. That was my favorite album at the time. I'm looking for my "It's Dark and Hell Is High" album. Shit is fucking gone, gone. I was like, son, what the fuck? Had to buy it again. Now I bought it the first time in Brooklyn. 
bought it again in North Carolina, right? I ended up moving, what I, I moved back to Brooklyn in 2000 and 2007, January 2007, I moved back. Lost the shit. When I went to my stuff that I had packed, I had all my CDs. Couldn't find a fucking album. Guess, guess what I did? Went back downtown Brooklyn, bought another one. Because I needed that shit. You know what I'm saying? And now I still, to this day, got the third CD that I bought. And it's in my, it's in my stash. You know what I'm saying? With my actual CDs. But this is how much I love that album. This is how much I love that album. That album was, it was fucking incredible. Every song, it, it was different. Even if you go back and listen to the Rough Riders anthem, right? I tell people all the time, right? Listen to the Rough Riders anthem. X rapped on that song. And flipped his flow like no other New York rapper was doing. No other New York rapper snitches want to try. Snitches wonder why. You snitches wonder why. All I know is pain. All I feel is pain. How can I maintain what man is so in my brain? Nobody was hitting pockets and flipping their bars like that. Nobody was doing that. This is how you know DMX was special. And um, I think I was reading something that said that was the last song they recorded. Like the album was already finished and he didn't want to do it or whatever. Um, somebody told me that there was a story that he didn't want to do the song and there was a bet between him and I think um Swiss Beats Pops or his uncle was his pops and his uncle owned the on um, the record label. I guess they were gambling and X lost. So he said if you lose, you gotta record to this song. And that shit ended up being a hit record. But this is how magic happens. This is when you when you make magic, it it's it's brewed out of a certain energy. When you when you cooking up magic, anything from music to life, to anything like that. It comes from a certain set of energy that you might not have even known was there. You might not have even known the magic was there. And that's how dope this shit is. You know what I'm saying? So Stop Drop was a special... I hate to call it Stop Drop because it's called Rough Riders Anthem, but nobody calls it Rough Riders Anthem. We call it... We, call, well, we say Stop Drop. You know what I'm saying? Rough Riders Anthem was a special record. It was a special... Even the video, he, there was like a 100 dudes in the background. You know what I'm saying? They had the... They had the Tims on and the jeans on. That was the baggy jean. It was special, man. It was special. That shit for us is a hood classic. It is a hood anthem. And a lot of us, our childhood was crafted through these dope-ass hip-hop records. We're blessed to be have born in the hip-hop era. You know what I'm saying? Not the hip-hop era now, because it's a little weird right now. But the hip-hop, the golden era, that late 90s to like early 2003, 2004. That's a special fucking era. And if you were born in that era... You are blessed, and you were blessed to have been able to listen to artists like DMX and things like that. Bong, we got to take a quick break. Shouts out to our sponsor, Anchor. We will be right back with the Life of Product podcast. Gia, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. We are now back with the Life of Product podcast, episode 24, the Life of the Dog, man. I wanted, I really, really wanted to dedicate this episode to DMX, man. That, that shit hurt. It, it hurt, man. You know, you know what, what's fucked up? We make a joke out of everything. People people make a joke out of people, especially as black people. We can't take shit serious. People don't take anything serious until it hit cl- uh, close to home. I got a problem with that. The fuck, the fuck is wrong with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? I was, when DMX first passed, I wanted to throw my fucking phone. I saw like a few memes and jokes made about him. Somebody posted some shit and it said, oh, uh, if you're not a real DMX fan if you don't smoke crack tonight. The fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. The fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? There is nothing. There is nothing funny about that. You see the problem is with us. We love laughing at other people pain. What we we love laughing at other people pain. Like you love watching somebody suffer. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't do drugs. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it's like to you know live that life. 
But just imagine being on drugs off and on, being in and out of rehab, your kids seeing it, your family seeing it, and you're a celebrity, and you just can't kick that shit. Imagine that. Imagine that shit. That shit ain't funny. People, people, like I said, people don't people don't take anything serious until it hit close to home. Now, if that was somebody in your family and somebody said that, you'd probably be ready to fight them. Stop the DMX jokes. No, I'm, real talk, anybody I personally know, if I personally know that person and they make a joke like that about it, I'm not fucking with you. I'm not fucking with you because I I, I can't. That shit is that shit is disrespectful on a whole nother level. A whole nother level. X had a lot of pain in him. You could listen to his music. Listen to his music. Imagine being a child and, and your mom's takes you to like a boy's detention center and just leaves you. You know, you know what I'm saying? That shit has to hurt. I remember when he was on um what show was it? I think it was a show with the Ayana lady. Was it the couples? Something like that. And he started barking on a lady. You could see the pain. In him, he he had to deal with a lot. See, a lot of y'all motherfuckers is born with the with the coin flipped on the head side. Y'all not born on the tail side. If you ain't never, if you never had the tail side of the coin at the beginning of your life and have a lot of odds against you, don't laugh at other people fucking pain because you don't know what it's like. A lot of y'all had a clean slate. Slate. A lot of y'all started with a clean slate. I was watching. I think it was. Uh, he did an interview with the Breakfast Club when they were doing like you know the whole during the whole COVID shit and they were doing like the um. I guess like the Zoom looking <laughs> type interviews and shit. And, you know, he said some shit that really, really, it hurt my heart. He he said something like um, his mentor had um tricked him into smoking crack. He said he wasn't even into smoking and stuff like that. And he had a blunt. He rolled some wheat and laced it with crack. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like DMX, we don't even, we don't even, we can't even imagine. If Put it like this, right? If if X went as far as to being a platinum artist, dropping platinum records, being an international superstar, and he had a drug addiction, imagine how great he could have been without the drug addiction. Whoever that mentor was that did that shit to him, I just want to personally say, fuck you. Fuck you. People, PC, this here's the thing, right? People will see the greatness in you. <clears throat> they'll see the greatness in you, and they'll do shit like that just to try to, they'll try to kill your star. They'll try to kill your star and kill your light early. And that, to me, that's what that was. It, it could have been a situation where he saw DMX's potential and wanted him to be a fucking loser just like him. Nah, brother. Nah. No. So we don't, yo, we don't know, we don't know the pain that that people deal with. You know what I mean? I, I've, been, I've been doing like a lot of reading online. I try not to get my information from social media. I try hard not to get my information from social media. I feel like social media is, is, uh, it's 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 good and it's bad. It's more bad than good. And I've said this shit before. But um it was I saw something posted and somebody said that um somebody put it out there that DMX uh when he overdosed, he also had COVID or something like that. <clears throat> or whatever when whatever when he had overdose and shit like that. I don't I don't think that I don't think those type of details should be put out to the public. Because his family's already suffering enough. His family's already suffering enough. I don't think that the details of what exactly killed this man, this hip hop legend, this man who was a father, a businessman, an actor, an artist. He was he had so many labels on him. He 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 created so many so many titles for himself. I don't think that we deserve that. We don't we don't deserve to fucking know exactly what bong 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 what killed him. We we exact we we don't know. We don't we don't deserve that is what I'm saying. Keep that shit amongst the smallest circle possible. We, we don't deserve that shit. The man, unfortunately, lost lost his life. Let it be. 
And I, and, and, I, and I wholeheartedly feel like that. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it sucks. I remember going, thumbing through the gram, and I saw it. And the first thing I, I said to myself, I said, I pray this is a rumor. <clears throat> I pray this is not real. I pray it's a rumor. And it wasn't, unfortunately. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because at a certain point, you know, we were all glued to our televisions. We were glued to our phones, our tablets, our computers every day that DMX was in the hospital because we were all praying that he pulled through. But you know what? I, I personally feel like DMX is in a better place. I feel he's in a better place. I feel like in his 50 years of being on Earth, he touched more lives than he ever would have imagined. He, I don't even think he imagined as a kid that he would touch that many lives. I don't think he did. And, and it's the great thing about it is so many people have so many great stories about DMX. If you look at some of the artists that talk about it, even before he died, before he died, people had great stories to tell about DMX. This is how you know you're a special person. You you know you're a special person when that person you you know you're a special person when so many people have a lot of positivity. You know what I mean? And they and you affected their lives in a positive way. When you've affected people's lives in a positive way, you've given them gifts. These gifts are not tangible. You can't touch these gifts with your hands. You can't put it in your pocket. It's astrological. It's fucking electrical. You feel that shit. And that's the type of person that he was. We all gathered that. You know what I mean? His, his his music, the man dropped two platinum albums in one fucking year. Not too many. I don't think not too many other artists have done that. Nah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It, it real shit, man. And you, everything from his music to his movies, fucking Romeo Must Die was dope. Cradle to the Grave was dope. I feel like DMX's iconic role was Belly. And re- yeah, real ones know what it is, V. You heard? You know what I'm saying? Belly, Belly was fucking incredible. It was, it was incredible. I had Belly on DVD, and I don't even know where the fuck that shit is. I used to watch Belly like once a month. At least once a month, I used to watch Belly. And you know the dope shit about Belly? I felt like he was being himself in a sense. I felt like that was a part of who he was. You know what I'm saying? That, that You know what I'm saying? Not to label him as some drug dealer hoodlum. No, and I'm not saying that. But he put himself into that character. You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of artists have to get into character. He put the character into him, which is, and if you, if you, if you're a real movie head and you really love the art of acting and shit like that, you will understand exactly what I am talking about. There was a lot of great acting in that movie. Belly was a flawless fucking movie. Uh, Nas, Nas was great. Met the man's character, even though he wasn't in the full movie, it was fucking great. DMX outshined everybody in that movie. And that man came on set and said, I'm a body this shit. I know for a fact he did. Like I said, he put that character inside of him. And I, rem- I remember, um, <laughs> yeah, I used to watch this shit like once a month, dog. Once a fucking month, I used to watch Belly. Um, the shit was phenomenal seeing him on screen doing that. Then to see him go from Belly to shit like Cradle to the Grave to Never Die Alone. Never Die Alone was a dope fucking movie. I, I believe Never Die Alone was an indie film. I could be wrong. But to, to see DMX in a movie alongside of, uh, like, Michael Ely was in that movie, to see him alongside of real big actors that had way more experience than him and to keep up. He was on the basketball, he was on a basketball court with them. He was, DMX was dribbling. That was, he was on his point guard shit in Never Die Alone. I believe he produced that movie as well. Because I remember, um, I, I was reading something. And he said, Never Die Alone, I believe, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I believe it was a book. Never Die Alone was a book. And I believe DMX said he read the book and then loved it so much he wanted to do a movie on it. I could be wrong. But DMX was on a basketball court on his Allen Iverson shit, dribbling, dribbling. 
dribbling, dog. And that shit was a flawless fucking movie. And it's actually one of my favorite fucking movies, man. So rest in peace to DMX, man. You, uh, he touched our life. He touched my life. A lot of my best friends, a lot of my family. We will always remember you. Your legacy will live on forever. God bless DMX. God bless his family. This was episode 24 of the Life of Product Podcast. I'm out, baby. Gia. Yeah.